And when I decided to go, I just matter-of-factly told my ex, I'm going to Portland and I'll be gone these days. I'll be back this day. And I didn't invite him. It was just kind of like, this is what it is. And that sounds pretty weird, right? I feel like this is my first time truly speaking to you all in 2022. Of course, I did have an episode come out last week after my two-week hiatus, but in full disclosure, I recorded that one during the final week of 2021. Then I took like a true break from podcast production until now. And it was definitely a needed break. I was in San Diego for Christmas and like the days immediately before and after. And then I actually went to Puerto Rico with my boyfriend on a longer but relatively last minute trip that we planned. And the thing is, I had like found myself itching to get recording while we were away. And I was kind of kicking myself because I'm very committed to carry on life after delayed checked bags have spoiled the start of two different international vacations for me. And so my suitcase was like literally stuffed to the brim for this trip. And I just couldn't justify packing any recording equipment that I wasn't totally certain I was going to use, particularly given the risk that it could like get damaged because it's crammed in with everything else. But then, of course, after I was already there, I just found myself inspired by all of these other podcasts I was listening to and the fact that they had really poignant, thoughtful end-of-year wrap-ups and 2022 goal-setting episodes, and it just really made me want to do some sort of dedicated New Year's episode. So much so that I looked into buying a microphone that could either hook up to my USB port or the lightning jack in my iPhone because as desperate as I was, I didn't want to force you to actually listen to audio that I had recorded on my iPhone headphones. But those were fruitless attempts, and by the point in the trip when I'd made the decision, I couldn't find any stores or like delivery options with products that would arrive in time before I left. Then I actually went so far as to seek out a recording studio that I could go to in Puerto Rico, and I did actually find one. It was super nice. It was really close to where I was staying. It was reasonably priced, and I was really excited to check it out. I've never even recorded in a podcast studio. But it just wasn't in the cards because apparently Christmas celebrations in Puerto Rico go through mid-January, so they're probably still going on at the time that this episode is dropping. And during the days when I was trying to record, the entire studio staff was out of office so that they could celebrate Three Kings Day. Good for them, but you know, the more you know. Anyway, so to say I missed the podcast is an understatement. I got such a rush of excitement when I was posting last week's episode, which you should definitely check out if you haven't already. It's titled Call Me By My Stripper Name, and it basically covers every question you'd want to ask a stripper about how they really feel about their career and the patrons that they have to deal with. But today's episode, if you couldn't already guess, is actually going to be my first solo of the year. Admittedly, it's sometimes a bit harder to figure out what to talk about for these, but I always know when I figure out the right topic because it just clicks. It's the same feeling I get when I figure out the perfect title for an episode. 
Full disclosure, that does not always happen. Some weeks I spend so much time brainstorming an episode title only to eventually be like, oh my God, I just have to post something like this will have to do. But anyway, fortunately, that is not the sentiment for this week's episode topic. And I started out by really thinking about the role that dating podcasts have in my own life now that I'm in a long-term relationship. When I first started listening to dating podcasts, it was a very intentional decision and it was during a very specific time. I'd gotten on the dating apps. I was 27. I'd been in these two long-term back-to-back relationships, which you've probably heard me cite if you've listened to any past episodes, neither of which were with people who I met on the apps. And so I was lamenting to another single friend about my experience when she recommended two specific shows, Girls Gotta Eat and You Up. It's honestly kind of crazy now to think back on that time and the fact that in 2018, it felt so revolutionary to hear people use this format to consistently validate the dating frustrations that I'd been having. When now, less than four years later, I literally subscribe to 10 podcasts that objectively fall into the dating podcast category and then some others that could like tangentially qualify as dating podcasts. This isn't to say I listen to all 10 of these shows religiously week over week, but dating podcasts are clearly still a very consistent fixture in my life, and they're a category that I'm consistently looking to expand as I seek out new potential guests, and honestly just to like broaden my perspective as a dating podcast host. So thinking about this made me wonder, I couldn't help but wonder, just what role dating podcasts really play in my life now that I'm in a relationship and not in a place where I need like a virtual bestie to commiserate with over being ghosted or to talk me off the ledge before an ill-advised double text. And I wondered if I myself weren't in the world of dating podcasts, would I still feel so inclined to listen and to seek out these shows week over week? And literally the same day that I'm contemplating this, I start listening to Seeing Other People, which is hosted by Alana Dunn. And I've been following Alana's podcast journey for a while now. I also had the pleasure of meeting her virtually when I interviewed her for episode 74, Unhinged Dating, on my show. And her show is amazing. This week, she interviewed Hinge's behavioral scientist, Logan Yuri. And at one point during the episode, they bring up the topic of OSOs, Other Significant Others. And without any context, it might sound like that's a term that somehow refers to open relationships, but in actuality, it refers to the practice of filling your life with people aside from your romantic partner who can meet specific needs that your partner might not. To give a trivial but very timely example, watching The Bachelor. I have somehow successfully talked my boyfriend into watching a few episodes of Matt James's and Michelle's seasons since we started dating. And to both of our surprise, he's actually shown some subsequent investment around like certain characters and storylines, and he will sometimes be the one to work it into conversation. So fast forward to Clayton's season, and when I mentioned that it was about to start, I was halfway expecting him to just agree to watch the pilot with me. And he was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch this season. And obviously I wasn't actually upset, but in the back of my mind, I did kind of have this expectation that we'd at least watch the pilot together because it aired while we were in Puerto Rico. And then, you know, maybe I would sneakily suck him into the drama, not even to the point where we had to watch every episode together, but just a few here and there throughout the season. 
But that was not the case, and unfortunately, I am shit out of luck when it comes to finding an OSO to watch this season with me because all of the girlfriends I'd normally watch with have also opted out of Clayton's season, but that is another story. And more importantly, it's not my boyfriend's problem. And I feel like this concept of having OSOs has taken on extra importance during the past two years because we've all or many of us have been spending more time at home with our partners, particularly if you live with your partner and you both work from home. And so a lot of the opportunities to make organic OSO connections in other arenas are just now eliminated altogether. For example, I've started two different jobs remotely since this pandemic began. And in my current role, I've had the pleasure to actually meet more of my coworkers in person, but since I've still never worked in an office with these people, it's not like the same level of connection you have with coworkers who you bonded with over repeated lunches, coffees, awkward conference room meetings, etc. So on the days when I wind up working remotely from my boyfriend's place and something annoying or stressful happens and I obviously audibly react to it, naturally he's going to ask what's going on and I'm going to end up venting to him and pulling him into this role that would typically be fulfilled by, say, like a work wife. And one thing I want to call out, these two examples of like The Bachelor or work drama These are instances of things where I don't need my partner to be the primary source of support there. He certainly doesn't need to become a Bachelor superfan, and while I obviously appreciate the fact that he cares about everything that's going on in my job, we work in entirely different industries, and one day when I return to the office, I hopefully will have a work wife who will once again take on that primary role when I vent at lunch or at a happy hour. The issue becomes when you feel like you need to find people to fill these OSO roles for pretty much all of your needs, or specifically for things that you'd really ideally like your partner to be there for. I unfortunately have had that experience, and at least pre-pandemic, I traditionally surround myself with a ton of people from different circles who can honestly fill a range of needs. It wasn't like a big enough deal for me to really address it or even to really recognize it in every instance. And even if I didn't find someone to do this thing with that I wanted to do, I'm an only child. I grew up doing shit that someone else should technically be around for by myself all the time. So it's not a big deal for me to just continue doing that as an adult. So in this one particular relationship, I feel like I would kind of default to relying on either myself or OSOs for things that if I'm being introspective and honest, I would have loved to have them around for. And I can now confidently say that this was kind of a coping mechanism. I'll tell one story of an example that stands out in particular. So I was transitioning to a new job and I'd asked them for a later start date than what they had originally offered just because I wanted to have some time off, specifically to travel somewhere. That request was denied. So was my request for more money, but your girl was desperate at the time, so oh well. And instead, I just resorted to taking off a Friday before my last day at my current job so that I could take a long weekend trip somewhere nearby as like a consolation prize. And I settled on going to Portland. I'd never been. It seemed intriguing and it was super close and easy to access. Plus, they had a really cheap flight on Spirit. Don't judge. Remember, this was booked right after my new job had denied that compensation request. And it was an amazing trip. It was my first time traveling fully alone, like not meeting up with friends once I was there or joining a tour group or anything like that. 
And when I decided to go, I just matter-of-factly told my ex, I'm going to Portland and I'll be gone these days. I'll be back this day. And I didn't invite him. It was just kind of like, this is what it is. And that sounds pretty weird, right? But like I had this context of my ex consistently shitting on Oregon in the past and in general, just being the type of person who kind of took hard stances on certain things, Oregon likely being one of them. So in my mind, I was just like, you know, he probably won't want to go. I'm fine going on my own. It'll be great. And by proactively making this decision to travel solo, it made the trip an empowering adventure that I was fully in control of. Conversely, and I didn't really make this connection at the time, but if I had asked him to go and he wound up going solo because he said no, suddenly the whole endeavor feels just kind of sad. And this wasn't the only time I made a decision like this. Without going into the whole stories behind them, I also took a Vegas trip with friends without inviting him because he'd turned down a Vegas invite prior. One year, I invited a former female coworker to my holiday party instead of him. So this was not an isolated incident. And as I reflect on all of this, I realize that it's so much better to ask for the things that you want that are truly important for you to get out of your relationship. If the things that your partner says no to are deal breakers, it's best to come to terms with that and address it rather than shielding yourself from that realization and preventing yourself from having the opportunity to be disappointed. Fortunately, that is not the issue I have now. I don't have this nagging fear that my current boyfriend might not prioritize the experiences that are important for me to share with him. And conversely, I now have to remind myself that those less significant things don't have to be turned into a shared passion or moment. To be clear, that doesn't mean I'm never going to try and convince him to watch an episode of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette with me if I happen to be at his place on a Monday. I'm just not going to be disappointed if he opts out. And I will also try to refrain from reminding him which of my friend's boyfriends watch with them. So the long story short is most dating and relationship podcasts do have something to offer you at all stages of your romantic journey. And I aim for my episodes to deliver something of value to all of you, regardless of your relationship statuses as well, whether it's advice or a new perspective or just entertainment and if you feel like the show's offered any of those things in the past, it would mean so much if you could share with a friend, share this episode on your social media, because at the end of the day, that's truly the way for this podcast to grow and to continue to reach more people. Also, I will have to update my little outro recording soon to include ratings on Spotify in addition to Apple as a way that you can support the show because they just announced that they're adding ratings this week. So if you are so called to leave a rating on your platform of choice, that would be amazing. And you may just get a shout out in my next episode. Thank you as always. And until next week. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.